Welcome back to another episode of Outside the Box. I'm Melanie Miller, director of the Alfred Box of Books Library. And today is a special episode because I am joined by Kate Miller, children's librarian of the David A. Howell Library in Wellsville. And so I thought it was only appropriate that today we talk about books. And even though we share the same last name, we are not related. So let's just clear that up right off the bat. We're not no related. Family, no family relation. No, I, I mean, super common I last name. Family, I, I would I would consider you family. I yeah. mean, I like you. Yeah, I if like I got you. to choose family. Right, right. There you go, but no, but no, none, none officially. Just um, happened to have a very common last name. Yeah, well. So Kate. Yes. How are you? And how are things in Wellsville? You guys are getting back to normal, right? Slowly. Yes, I'm good. Things are going pretty well. Uh, we are taking things quite slowly. Um, right now, our reading room, our main area there is open. The children's section isn't open yet because, well, I, I'm really afraid of um, kids just putting books in their mouths and then like back on the shelf. Yes. So we're holding off on the children's room and like our meeting rooms, we don't have just like open to the public right now, but you can physically come into the library and browse books again. Yes, same. So um, yes, and, and Alfred, we just now, you can come into the library, you can pick up your stuff. We are limiting the time frame a little bit. So in Alfred, we're getting back to normal too. It's great to have people back in the library. Isn't it so like strange after so long to like have people back in the library? The first day when we like unlocked the doors, I was like, <gasps> like I was so panicked. I don't know why. It was like, I had never worked in a place where we were open to the public before. Yeah. Totally done it multiple times, but I was like, no, no, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's been weird for us hearing the door open we're all like when you hear the door open you're like oh, wait a minute <laughs> and then you're like oh wait this is okay again yeah. <laughs> yeah this is yeah. what's supposed to happen now right right I remember <laughs> we're back to normal again normal ish ish yes so we're still not doing any in-house programming that sort of thing yet um I'm hoping for summer reading planning to do a little like outdoor in-person programming yes I outdoor. am I'm really banking on the outdoor programming mm -hmm. because I'm like, we have this big, beautiful yard and the terrace. Yeah. I'm like, I got to use it. I yes. have to end soon because I'm, I'm so tired of a virtual and digital programming. Same. Burn out, you know, same. I'm I don't tired of seeing my face. Yes. I don't want to record my face and my voice and listen to it and see it anymore. I want to be done. Yeah. Same, same. And so how long have you been the children's librarian at Wellsville? This is my fourth year. Fourth year. Yes. 
I started in January of 2017. I think that's right. But, and before that you worked as the director of the Genesee area library, not to be confused with the Genesee public library, which is in New York. Yes. So Genesee area library is in Pennsylvania. And I was the director there for a handful of years. Um, I've actually, it always makes me feel really old when I start thinking about how long I've worked in libraries because I have like 15 years worth of library experience. Really? Yeah. So I was the director at Genesee area library for, um, a handful of years. I can never remember exactly. I want to say four or five years. And I was, for part of that, I overlapped and I was library assistant at Belmont. I was oh, there. Okay. I did know that. Yeah, I, I worked there for like seven years. So some of that was overlapped. I also worked at the Hinkle Library at Alfred okay. College for a little bit. That didn't last long because it was like a, a four to 11 shift or something. Oh, it was miserable. And I had a little one. So I was like, I got to go. Um, and I also worked at the SIO Memorial Library for a little bit um, back like right after high school. Uh, because my mom worked there. So I started volunteering because they were, what's the word when they're putting the, the books into the system. Oh, like automating. Automating. That was it. Okay. So I I started volunteering for the SIA library when they were just automating their system or finishing their system. And then they were like, you know what? She's doing all this. We're going to pay her a little bit. So like since I graduated high school, I've, I've somehow been in some kind of library. Nice. Excellent. Wow. I didn't know all that. Things you learn when you do a podcast with someone. (laughs) So let's talk about children's books. Um, So yeah, that's why we're here. That's really why we're here. Um, So recently Beverly Cleary passed away. Yeah, face. Um, yes, March 25th, Beverly Cleary passed away and she wrote many, many children's books, including Henry Huggins, Leave It to Beaver, which I didn't know that she wrote. I didn't know that either. Wikipedia told me that, so it could be wrong. (laughs) Um, but we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll give her that. Um, Beezus and Ramona, The Mouse and the Motorcycle, so many others. She's probably most well-known for her character of Ramona Quimby. Um, Cleary also went to school to be a librarian and worked specifically as a children's librarian. Isn't that so cool? So cool. Did you read any Beverly Cleary and did she have any lasting impact on you? Truly, that's not one that I really, like Beverly Cleary wasn't, an author that I read a ton of when I was younger. I think it's something that I've come to appreciate more as an adult. Yeah. I did read um, The Mouse and the Motorcycle. Ralph Faust Mouse is one of my favorites. I absolutely adore that book. And I read that, I mean, forever ago, probably when I was a kid. Um, but now I try to read chapter books to my kids before mm-hmm. bed. So we're kind of on a roll doll kick right now. We've read um, like all the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a bunch of those. But I was like, I think I want to read The Mouse and Motorcycle, you guys. And they're like, A Mouse and a Motorcycle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on our list. But I, uh, I, I actually have 
um, just like Beverly. Oh, the, okay. The book, biography of Beverly Cleary. And it's just so cool that like her mom essentially made a children's library in their hometown because they had two books mm -hmm. in their house and they would read oh, it wow. again and again and again. And so her mom was like, hey, we need a library. And so they got a bunch of adult book donations and she's like, yeah, but we need a kid's library too. Mm -hmm. So like when I think the state college donated a handful of children's books. And so that was like the first children's library in her hometown because her mom was like, I'm so sick of reading these same two books to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the struggle like, that every parent goes through. Right? It's like good night moon again. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I mean, from that young age, she clearly was just like enwrapped mm -hmm. in the library kind of. Yeah. Reading yeah. books. So I, that was, I thought that was really cool. I will agree that I, I don't have a clear memory of reading any Beverly Cleary. I mean, I'm sure I did when I was younger. Wow. Um, I just don't have a clear memory of it. Um, and it's something, yes, that I've definitely come to appreciate as I'm older and like have children now. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, it's, it's funny that you mentioned her mom sort of creating that library and getting her start in the libraries. Um, a professor at Westchester University has said that Clary's books have lasted because she understands her audience. She knows that they're sometimes confused or frightened by the world around them and that they feel deeply about things that adults can dismiss. And while this doesn't seem extraordinary now, um, back when Clary was writing her books, that was somewhat, you know, revolutionary. How do you think children's literature has changed since Clary's early works and how do you think it will continue to change? It's amazing to think that back when, I mean, I don't even know when, when was she born? What, what era are we talking about here? Um, I believe the first book was published in like 1950. Okay. So, I mean, probably thirties when she was a child. Could you imagine not having any books for children that are just for fun? Right. They, like they, everything they everything was a cautionary tale. Yes. Or, or, you know, be scared of this because you could get hurt. Don't get snatched up by strangers. Like everything was, it was for a purpose mm -hmm. and it was never just for enjoyment. It never showed children playing, right. having fun, interacting with friends and peers and family just, life just for fun you yeah. know like that that was just not a thought for kids to just see fun mm -hmm. and, and and levity and like just for the heck of it and it's just like could you imagine a world where we didn't have that yeah and so it's so cool that she she essentially saw that there was this gap and she was just like well yeah kids need books about kids yeah or and what they're doing and she filled that gap so it's 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 really cool to see that and what else did you ask how it's gonna how how, how will children's literature continue to change continue to change she's I think we're just getting a better and better understanding of what children truly need mm -hmm. you know clearly Beverly <laughs> clearly clearly <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there Clearly Beverly Cleary 
saw the need in that in her own time. And now we're seeing that, you know, they need a, a way to understand their world. And I feel like we're, we are doing better providing diverse and inclusive mm -hmm. literature for children that makes it plain, just, just plain and visible what, and, and in a way that they can process bigger emotions mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think, I think that's something that at least recently there's been a big development for children's literature. And I think that it'll keep going in that, in that way where we're going to see, okay, you know, this, this child has, has a problem. They're, they're angry. They're sad. They don't know how to express that. And I think that's something that we can now we have the means to say, okay, well, here, here's a book that we can sit down and, and work on this together kind of thing. I think that's a big, pretty big deal anymore, you know? Absolutely. And I think that we have a greater understanding that, that representation matters, just like Beverly Cleary saw that children weren't being represented in a way that was realistic. Right. Um, we now know that children need to see themselves represented in books um, they need to see people who look like them, who live in environments like theirs. Um, so I think we'll continue to see more and more diverse um, books coming out. So that makes me hopeful. And, and body image too. Body image, yeah. It's one that gets me so much because, I mean, we're, we're doing better when it comes to race and um, even inclusivity with abilities. Yeah. You know, diabetes and autism spectrum and things like that, but there's still a gap when it comes to body image. Yes, yeah. So I think that's sure. something that it would be nice if we could see some more of in children's literature in the future. 100%. When we're lacking a little bit, I think. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So speaking of children's books and ways children's literature is changing, Let's talk about some of the new books that we've added to our collections recently. Do you have anything that's new and exciting that you've recently added to the collection at Wellsville? We could probably do an entire podcast just on this. I know. So normally this, this version of the podcast, I focus on some new books that I've purchased for the library um, since people weren't able to come into the library. It was a way to, to like showcase some of the new books, but it was like every time I was like having to narrow it down to like 15. Right. Like I could go on and on. I, I grabbed a couple because I need things physically to be able to remember them. I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, I know I have a zillion books that I could go on for, for days. Yeah. Um, so one show a picture book specifically uh sloth wasn't sleepy <gasps> look at that guy that's adorable right okay sorry for the podcast purposes because nobody's actually going to see what melanie and i are seeing but it's this adorable sloth okay so sloth wasn't sleepy by kate messner and valentina toro i love kate messner I do too and this one is so cute i mean a it's sloths which are kind of all the rage like they're yeah. kind of a big deal for kids. So, uh, you know, bedtime sloth and the sloth claims that they're not sleepy, but it's because they have worries. Sloth has, oh. so mom is saying, okay, take these worries and we're going to lay them aside. We're not going to worry about these things tonight. We're going to get sleep and rest. So it's really a super cute 
really nice package of a picture book oh. to talk about emotions and, and letting them go and, and, you know, dealing with them in healthy ways. So that was super cute. Um, a pic, another, I love my picture book biographies. I didn't know I did. I love, I love picture book biographies. Have you seen this one yet? I have. ACT. Yes. yes. Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul. So good. Beautiful illustration. Oh yes. Beautiful. illustration. And it, and it, it goes with like the R-E-S-P-E-C-T theme, like each page it's like T-A-L-E-N-T talent and talks about her talent beautiful full page illustrations. This is by Carol Boston Weatherford and the art by Frank Morrison. So, so good. And that one did win uh, the Coretta Scott King Award. Oh, okay, great. Yes, so that was, I mean, that was why I picked that one up. That was how it was on my radar, but totally worth it. I love that one. Yeah, so here's a fun fact about me. Yes. I drive a Kia Soul. Right. And I have this habit of naming my cars. Did you name it Aretha? I sure did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and my kids, my kids think I'm crazy, but I was like, she's the queen of soul. Is that the first song you put on every time you get into your car? It's not, but it, it should, should be. be. Like every time you start up the car, it should just start up R-E-S-E-S-E-T kind of thing. And what a way to start your day. Just right? jamming to that. How could you not get pumped up starting your right? day? <laughs> I would have like an epic epic journey to work every day that would be so cool okay so those are my picture books um I'm reading when you trap a tiger by Tay Keller which is the Newbery winner for 2020 I've got like a hundred pages left in it and it's it's good but it's kind of a typical Newbery okay like it's a little heavy it's worth it. It's worth the read. And it's, it's, it's totally like, it's a good book, but I have such a hard time because it's not always enjoyable. Right. The message is important and it's portrayed in a really enjoyable way, but it's just, it's heavy. So yeah. that one, that one's a little heavier, but, um, uh, what else have I read lately? Uh, class act. Oh, <laughs> novel. that's on my to read list <laughs> it was so good it was so good it was tough because I know I read new kid last mm-hmm. year because that was the Newberry winner mm-hmm. last year so I had read that and then I picked up class act and I was like oh yeah this is like a follow-up and I was like shoot I don't remember anything <laughs> oh yeah so it took me a minute to dive back into like the characters and the situation but it was like you could read it standalone and it would be good the inheritance games by jennifer lynn barnes so we do teen subscription kits okay and i sent that out to one of our teens and um she rated it five stars so so good and it's what's that movie that recently came out knives out um it's been you know likened to that Um, oh okay so i've been wanting to read that book the book was really good um kind of slow in the beginning but it built to a really nice like crescendo kind of and I was like what? and it left you hanging at the end excellent so good um and I read A Court of Silver Flames because I'm a Sarah J Moss junkie can't help it okay so uh, so I've seen that name on our shelves 
And I will admit, I did not know anything until, is the Court of Silver Flames the most recent one? Yes. I can't keep them all straight. So until that book came out and it was like all over everything, um, I ended up ordering the whole series and sounds so good, but our first book is out right now. So I'm like, I needed to come back so I can get started. Yeah. And, and they're, they're books that I picked up I don't know, a couple of years ago and started because she has, you know, they're fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. I love fantasy. It's a series. So I can continue to love it for longer, which yeah. is always what I want. Um, so I, I picked them up and I loved them. Yeah. So Sarah De Moss, the, the books matured, uh, the first, I want to say two or three, maybe I think Court of Silver Flames is the fifth one in the series. And I want to say the first two or three were acceptable YA. Okay. And then the fourth one kind of ratcheted that up. And I think we moved, we might've moved the whole series to our adult section then. Yeah. When I cataloged them, I was, because I originally ordered them thinking YA. Yeah. But then when they arrived, when I was cataloging them, I was thinking, some of them had them in adult, some of them had them in YA. And I'll, so I looked at them and I happened to stumble upon a certain scene. Yes. And I was like, okay, we're going to put this in adult. <laughs> and, and so like, then I hate breaking up a series. So I yeah. just moved the whole series. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like, I mean, it could serve a purpose if you had like the first couple in YA and then it was like, oh yeah. And then when you, when you're an adult, <laughs> when you've grit, when you move over to the, yeah. <laughs> this last one, it wouldn't have been hard for you to find one of those scenes that you're like, okay, no, an adult. it was, it was a little bit much for me, but the story overall was really good. Usually I read these and they're just my escapist, like turning my brain to toothpaste kind of yeah. reading. But this one, it had a lot more substance. It dealt with a little bit of like mental health. Okay. And, and overcoming like your demons kind of thing. And it really, it added another layer of, of depth to it. And I was like, that wasn't one of my trashy books like normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> so see, I really liked that one. I'm not a fantasy reader by like, okay. but I was like, I think this is something I could get into. And I've been trying to like branch out and read things that I don't normally read. Sure. And I was doing some research into like science fiction okay. by authors of color. Mm-hmm. And I came across um, Kindred by Octavia Butler. Okay. And I fell in love with that book. Really? And it was probably one of the best books that I read last year. I loved it. Kindred. Kindred. <laughs> yes. I have to add that to my Goodreads. I mean, it's not like super science fiction-y, but like it's time travel-y. Oh, okay. Um, but I was like, not something I normally would have read. Well, and that's just it. Like I, okay, it's on my, it's on my want to read list now. The ever growing want to read list. Yeah. I Like fantasy, specifically young adult fantasy is like my bread and butter. I would read oh. it to the ends of the earth. I don't know. It's just like, I would pick up any Holly Black with uh, like the queen of nothing like that whole series, eight through that. I've read every Sarah J. Moss, like everything. Really? I just love those. Victoria Aveyard. I love it. Yep, I'm obsessed. 
I I tend to stick to like just like um like contemporary fiction. Okay. So contemporary fiction. Um I love a good nonfiction though. Do you? I love nonfiction. And currently, oh Kate. Okay. This is gonna <laughs> take us on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm gonna circle it back around to children's books. Okay. Oh, we've got this. So um there's a brand new children's book that just came out yesterday. Okay. Um, it's called everything you wanted to know about Indians, but were afraid to ask. Okay. It's like a series of books, right? Nope. It's just one. Okay. I and feel like there are others that are like everything you wanted to know. Yes. Yes. Okay. And okay. it's by Anthony Troyer. Um, and he, um, and it's kind of like a question answer format, but when I went to order that book, I realized that he had written an adult version of that book back in 2012. So I ordered the 2012 version, read through that, learned so much. That's so cool. But was waiting for this children's, it's not children's, I would call it young adult. He calls it a young reader's edition. Yes. But it's definitely like, I would think it was good for a wide range of ages, you know? The thing I was disappointed with, with the 2012 edition is, you know, it was just old enough that it still had like in the education section, it still had stuff about like no child left behind. And, uh, um, the part about like using native American imagery as mascots, um, you know, a little, a teeny, teeny bit of progress has been made. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so some progress has been made. So I was like super excited for this book to come. It came yesterday. I haven't even started it yet. I'm just holding it and sniffing it. And the cover is beautiful, by the way. But anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> the things you appreciate when you're in you know, yep. this book smells so good. And look at the pretty cover. I love, I love a good cover. And um, so I so I can't wait to read that. But he is a member. Well, he's not an enrolled member, but that's part of the whole book where he discusses what an enrolled member is versus a person who identifies oh, okay. with the tribe. Um, but he um, is part of like the Ojibwe tribe. And he, and so I had recently read The Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. Okay. And that book that is a YA book and that is about the Ojibwe in northern Michigan and it does such a perfect job of like having like a modern like because so often we don't see Native Americans in like modern settings yeah yeah and so it does such a great job of like combining like this modern plot with their traditional culture and heritage and explaining it all and it was just the most amazing book and I've been recommending yes I've been recommending it to everyone it's um I'm gonna have to add that to my list too I I know it it was like one of the better books that I've read this year yeah it was so good I loved it and so now I'm like reading the other book and like I'm like oh I recognize some of these words like some of these like words from the like language and and stuff so that's been really cool um 
See, I have such a hard time. I don't like nonfiction just as nonfiction. Like, I like to learn things, but I need a compelling format. Okay. Well, so I think you might like this format because it's sort of like a question answer. Which is kind of what I need. Like, I don't want to just, it's, I don't want to lecture. Right. You know, I don't want somebody who's just going to drone on about a topic. And I'm like, this is, this is not computing. I'm not yeah. getting information you're putting out. There. Yeah. So like, it's like, it's broken into like sections, like, um, economics, education, okay. culture, stuff like that. Right. And then it's like question and answer. So like questions that us white people might have about Native American culture are asked and then answered. And nice. I learned so much. I can't wait to read the new one. Um, mostly just that, that I was sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, people do miss so much. Like, thank you for listening to the podcast, but you're missing so much by not being able to see my like our, our, uh, Sniffing our hands. <laughs> it reminds me of um Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. See you later. <laughs> I'd rather be sniffing books than armpits, right? Any day. <laughs> no question though. This is just a straight up nerd question. Do you prefer the smell of new books? New, or new, hundred percent. See, I like old books. No. I love walking into a used bookstore. No. That musty. No. Oh, I'm a, I'm an old book sniffer. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. So all okay. I can think of is, is like, all I smell is dirty hands. I can, I can understand that. <laughs> I'm like, but oh my gosh, think of how many people touch this. Well, and that's fair after this Especially year. Especially in a pandemic. Yeah. But I'm still. But I love new books. Well, we'll okay. talk about everybody. I thought it was okay that we shared a last name. <laughs> Maybe not anymore. Anyhow, it's like the sun and the moon here. We're we're both social beings. We just have our. We're two. We complement each other. I guess. There you go. Another book that we recently added that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned here is. Our Skin, A First Conversation About Race by Megan Madison and Jessica Raleigh. Um, and this is actually a board book. And really, it's a board book. I missed that. It's so, it's simple and concise. And so back in the fall, we did a program series called Talking to Kids About Race. Yep. And I was searching for like books um, to go along with the program. This is the book that I was looking for, like something simple, concise, and just talking about, so it addresses like the science, like mm-hmm. melanin in our skin is what gives us a, the color, but like the social construct of right race is arbitrary really. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a terrific book. I highly recommend it. It was awesome. It was great. And then we just recently added this other book called, um, called, um, what is a river by Monica Biasenavisian. Yeah. That's such a long name. I'm sorry. It's what is a river by Monica Biasenavisian. I think you nailed it. 
and it's you know like starts out with like a little kid asking like what is a river and it just like talks about like not only like what is a river but like right. sort of like the interconnectedness of nature and um and the illustrations are just I love illustrations can I say since we're talking about children's books I don't think illustrators get nearly enough credit. no no like they make children's books they do That's it. The yes stories but- are secondary Yes, an illustration can can just they're so powerful and these illustrations are just they remind me a lot of like the illustrations in like an Oliver Jeffers book mm-hmm. or um you know so like kind of like that crude like crayonish yeah but I there's something about that that I love so much and I think that kids can really relate to that I think that's it like it's kind of on the simple side yes but that's so like kids could do this yes could almost replicate their illustrations yeah and it seems so innocent it does seem so innocent and it's just it's such a beautiful book I love it that's awesome yeah I have no I mean I have your your little write up here and now I have all those titles and I have to go and add them to my next book order that I put in I'm like do I have I'm gonna gonna have to add all your books to my next book order this is so beneficial for us in our libraries and our communities look at that look at this now we're gonna have all these books I know right so thank you so much for joining me today yeah I'm glad I could do it yeah I'd do it again be sure to stop into the David A. Howe Library to check out what they've got going on and all their new books. And you can now come into the Alfred Box of Books Library and check out all our new books. And we'll see you next month for another episode of Outside the Box.